The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Bagna alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting and Producer Lance Glenn. Producer Lance Glenn is here this morning because he is moderating Mailbag Wednesday, which we're always fired up for. If you want to leave a question in advance next Wednesday for Mailbag Wednesday, you can leave a review. That is the place to do that. Lance is also getting active on the 24-7 Sports Twitter. You can also reply there if you have a question. Great show yesterday. Recapped all of the commitments over the last week with Drew coming back from his honeymoon. So a lot to get to there. A lot of good questions for this show. Boys, how we doing? Drew, I'll start with you. How's it feel to be back in the saddle day two if things started to calm down for you a little bit? Yeah, man. I think that's the hardest part, right? Getting adjusted back into the flow of things. I'm a... I'm doing good. I didn't get my name in the intro though. I just got my title. Lance got his name in the in the uh, in the intro, but it's all good. It's all good. We're getting everybody reps. knows who you are, Prince of Florida, <laughs> back from Granada, the honeymoon king. All good. You got all it, man. Good. You got all it. Good. Andrew Ivins, for those of you who do not know who the director of scouting is, producer Lance. What's up, baby? Talk to me. Not much. I am good. I'm ready to roll. I'm. Sort of, you know, here in New York, the biggest story is the the Saquon Barkley contract, which obviously we're going to talk about in this mailbag too. A little, I mean, a little how, dude, preview, but how, I'm, how, I'm okay with them not signing him as a Giants fan. How about all the running backs, like, yeah, going going like at, yes. I'm look. I am okay. They didn't sign him. I think this will be Saquon's last year in New York, which I'm fine with. I think Saquon's a great player. I think he was a stupid pick when they when Dave Gettleman took him, and I'm glad Dave Gettleman isn't the GM anymore. Uh, that's my Saquon uh, little spiel, but uh, we'll talk about him a little preview uh, in just a few minutes. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the only thing that's being talked about, and about how bad the Mets and Yankees are. But uh, yeah, I'm good otherwise. I'm good. <laughs> well, fire us up, baby. Let, let's get the Q and A started here. All right. So I, I told you we'll we'll talk about the Saquon. That'll be the second question. But the first question. These were. A great group. This was a great group of questions, uh, might I add. Um, and of course, like Cooper said, if you want to get your question answered, uh, make sure to comment on the tweet that we put out the day before, um, as well as leave a five-star rating and a review, um, and we will be happy to answer your recruiting question. But let's start with Jordan W25 as the first question he asked. If you were a head coach and you needed to close on a five-star recruit, which current assistant would you choose to lead the charge in closing on that blue chip challenge? This one's pretty easy for me, Drew. I feel like we're probably in the same neighborhood. So I, I, I really came out with five different options because I don't think I'd be answering the question the right way if I went with Brian Hartline. But that that would be that would be my choice. And I think that one was pretty easy. You just look at the job that he has done at Ohio State in that receiver room, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, Najigba, 
so on and so forth. The names that they brought in this past year, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Noah Rogers, Jeremiah Smith in 2024. The list kind of goes on and on. I think Brian Hartline has created such a unique position in Columbus to where it's really pick and choose. Like even in going up against the likes of Georgia, Florida, Miami, so on and so forth. And we've seen that with Jeremiah Smith. They struggled at points last season in 2023 with NIL. And that was something that was acknowledged by Mark Pantone, their associate AD of player personnel, when he came on our podcast here. So for them to be able to continue their success at the receiver position, it really wasn't even relatively close. I think he's the best position recruiter in the country. And now you add to the fact that he's an offensive coordinator. I think it gives him a little bit more juice. So I, I would say Brian Hartline, hands down for me. I think he's the he's the, he's the layup, right? <laughs> he's the he's a low hanging fruit in this question. Uh, I wrote down a few different names. Obviously, Brian Hartline was on there. I, I agree with everything you say, and I think we should point out. And I don't know which coach during SEC media days talked about this. Maybe it was Kirby Smart. Just I mean, how different recruiting has changed. It's not really about the facilities can you get me to the league these days i mean he i i'm misquoting him but someone said basically it you know it's all all the conversations are nil driven so i i think does that change the outlook on on this question no not really because at the end of the day you still have to build relationships and get to that point where you know nil becomes a factor i mean you got to identify um so i i wrote down a few different names like i said how about Todd Hartley, um, a Oyster Boys favorite. I think he's the best there is right now when it comes to identifying tight ends, going and getting those tight ends. And I know he lost five-star Landon Thomas this cycle who flipped over to Florida State. But, I mean, you go through his track record, what he's been credited for, as a primary recruiter and man it's it's pretty impressive and i think what's unique about todd hartley is he has not just been one specific position you know some of these big operations these days they just recruit solely um you know their position room and and when todd hartley was at the university of miami under mark richt he had the jacksonville area so he Jacksonville up into Savannah. So he went after some different guys and and, and landed those guys at, at different positions. Um, DJ Dallas was one of them who was a, a key player for Miami. Uh, ended up, I think he's still with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, also got some, some other individuals. You know, he was responsible for Carson Beck getting to Georgia. And then since he's been at Georgia, I mean, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, um, what he he has committed right now, and, and Jaden Riddell had them in the conversation for um, Carter Deuce Nelson, Robinson. Deuce Robinson. Yeah, so uh, I, I think Todd Hartley is my is my answer. Um, I don't know if you want me to toss toss out some no, other I, names I had. Yeah, go ahead. I, I had three more as well. And and I just to add on Hartley, I, I think he does a really good job of not only just recruiting the player, but recruiting the family, building those relationships. Um, and he always seems to be a little ahead of the curve in, in terms of knowing who to go after. And if he doesn't know about someone, I mean, he's going to watch them and and try to get them on campus. So I, I, I think he's another kind of easy one at this stage. Real quick, another, another background tidbit on Hartley. He used to be the director of player personnel for Mark Rick at, at Georgia before he became the tight ends coach over at, at Miami. To me, being in that role prior, I can see how that can be an advantage from understanding the calendar from an organizational standpoint and then understanding the emphasis of early identification and evaluation. I think a lot of people think that whether it's Heartline or Hartley or any one of the best recruiters in the country that a lot of these guys have built up so much equity that they can just go out on the trail and it's like shooting fish in a barrel. 
to me, it's about executing every phase of that process. And I, I don't think these guys get enough credit for the job that they do from A to Z, from the initial evaluation all the way up until these guys signing on the dotted line. So I, I do think that that background is something to take into consideration with Todd Harley. I mean, it's a guy that's he's seen it on the other side and then you start to understand it a little bit more. You understand the urgency with how you have to recruit as well, which is why I think he's done such a tremendous job. All right. Who do you got next? Okay. Three names here, and I'm sure we're going to have a little bit of overlap. Uh, Larry Johnson, Ohio State. I think he's one of the best position recruiters in the country. Obviously, you got the Bosa brothers. Uh, you have Chase Young, to name a few. We saw what he's he's done uh, recently with Justin Scott, right? Uh, putting Ohio State out in front. Zach Harrison was Ohio State-Michigan battle. He was just, I remember from my brief time at Michigan, it, it was it was easy for them, and it felt like they were bringing in the best defensive line talent in the country year after year. Uh, outside of that, I would say two other names on the radar that are starting to kind of round into this conversation. Tashar Choice at Texas. Ooh, running that's back a good coach, one. I, I forgot about him. That's a good who, one. Who had Jameer Gibbs at Georgia Tech. You see what he's done already uh, at Texas, uh, getting C.J. Baxter out of the state of Florida, which was a huge pull. And then Glenn Schumann at Georgia, uh, more of a – I mean, you you think about it, Drew, I, that that crop that they had last year, and I think a lot of people are going to give Kirby Smart a lot of credit, and they should. But you go back, Raylan Wilson, C.J. Allen, uh, uh, Troy Bowles, and now heavily in the mix after losing out on Sammy Brown for Justin Williams, right? That's an Oregon-Georgia battle. I mean, that linebacker room, year in and year out, has just been on point, uh, just pumping out. NFL prospects and not guys that are day three, day one, day two. So I think Schumann deserves a lot of credit for the job that he's done. I don't think his board positionally is very big. And that's a benefit of, of recruiting at the University of Georgia. But I do believe a lot like Todd Hartley, he's built up that cachet. You know, so he's he's done a, a really good job. But those those would be my other three. Okay, I'm gonna go uh a, a name that you're probably going to raise your eyebrow and be like, wait, what? James Coley. If I am a head coach, right? So we'll go back to the question and I'm going after a five-star in South Florida. I want James Coley on the, on the private jet in the, in the car headed to the house. I, I think he is one of the best. And what made me think about this is I was talking with a power five assistant a few months ago. And maybe if I've ever had time to write stories, he said, you should write a story. Who Who is the king of South Florida right now? Who is the guy that is, is going to get the job done, batting the highest percentage in, in the box? And I, the name that came up with, was James Coley. Went and got Shamar Stewart two years ago. Uh, also, I mean, well, let's go over all the places he's been. Florida State, Georgia, Miami, and now at Texas A&M. So, again, Shamar Stewart is, is someone he – Beat out plenty of four back in the 2022 cycle. Tyson Campbell when he was at Georgia. Um, Isaiah Wilson, I know he's not a South Florida guy. Back in his time at Miami, involved with Chad Thomas. When he was at Georgia, involved with George Pickens. Remember George Pickens' recruitment? That one was wild at the at the buzzer. Like That was like 1 p.m. of, of signing day. No one knew where George Pickens was going to go. Got him, got him there. Uh, when he was at Florida State, James Cook, Joseph Yearby, uh, back when he was at Miami, Mark Walton. Um, so he's one that I, I I would give a shout out to. Uh, I also think Corey Raymond should be in the conversation for what he did at LSU. We're seeing him do it here at Florida, heavily involved. I think he's one of the best at evaluating defensive backs. He has a certain type, getting the job done. I think you could put T-Rob, Devaris Robinson, who has been at South Carolina, Miami, now at the University of Alabama. He's in that conversation. And then one final one, Jawan Sider, running backs coach at Penn State. Look at what Penn State did last year with their two freshman running backs, Nick Singleton um, and uh, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Allen. Yeah, I don't know why I was drawing a blank there. And then 
he really did some damage last year uh, in that 2023 cycle. Tony Rojas, uh, top two four seven linebacker. King Mack, top two four seven linebacker. I think when he was at Florida, he was involved with with the Kyle Pitts recruitment. So he's a guy that eats, breathes, and sleeps recruiting. Um, another South Florida native like James Coley. So those are those were some other ones I had uh, I had marked down. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out two names because uh, I did a little bit of research myself too on some of these questions. I'm gonna throw out two names. One, Fran Brown. He did a great job at Rutgers when he was here. Went to Georgia. Has been really big in their defensive back recruiting. You know, uh, obviously they just had Jalen Hayward decommit, but like Ellis Robinson, for example. Uh, and then the second one is Elijah Robinson at A and M. Obviously yeah. big for their defensive line class in 2022 with Nolan and Overton and Gabe Brownlow Dindy, et cetera, et cetera. Those are my, those are my two. See, I, I do like a little those. bit of research too. There you uh, go. I'm not just a question asker, man. Yeah, I like to do it. All right. Uh, we're good. We all threw out our, our options for that first question. Can, 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 can I toss a complete off the radar one that its name isn't probably getting enough traction, but I think it's going to be a popular name in the years to come. Kelsey Poe or Kelsey Pope, excuse me wide receivers coach at Tennessee. We know what they got coming here in, in the 24 cycle. Did some did some damage there in the uh in the 22 cycle. Guy played in the NFL and I think he's only 31 years old, so a name to to file away for another day. I like it. Kelsey Pope ending it on a volunteer sort of note. All right, our next question from CG Wildcat and we mentioned we'll talk about Saquon Barkley. And let me preface this in case anyone doesn't know. Saquon Barkley, obviously running back for the New York Giants, was in a was in contract negotiations after getting franchise tagged. No one likes to play on the franchise tag. The Giants and Saquon could not reach an agreement, so now he has to play on the tag this coming season. Um, and obviously that has caused uh, an uproar among NFL running backs. So with that being said, the question is, how do you see the fallout of the Saquon Barkley contract impacting the future of running backs and recruiting and more importantly how a back potentially wants to be used in college in order to maximize the money that they could make when they go to the nfl Drew, you want me to start i think the the easy answer is if you're a high school running back just, just go try to play linebacker or rush end or something like that but i mean i know that's not the what, I, what they're looking for i thought this was a really well-worded question and I, I think it's something that not a lot of people are are thinking about i think immediately i think immediately about cj baxter ruben owens mark fletcher some of the top names in in 2023 jordan reed nfl draft analyst for espn does a great job he, he mentioned yesterday that part of the reason you're not seeing or you're seeing the breakdown in a lot of these contract negotiations with running backs is because the time that they get to their second contract, their shelf life in the NFL is already on the decline, right? So the, the future investment there for these organizations, it doesn't make sense. And if I were on the other side, it's a difficult conversation to have, but I, I would have a really hard time investing. I mean, you look at Dalvin Cook, Minnesota Vikings, just gets cut. And to my knowledge, I hadn't got picked up yet, right? Yeah, I mean, they couldn't even get a draft pick for him. So that's the difficult part. How it relates to college, unless you are Bijan Robinson, unless you are Jameer Gibbs, unless you are Justice Haynes, who I think kind of fits into this category, how you are utilized in college, unless you have that skill set, it's a moot point. And the reality is there's not a lot of guys out there like that. The guys that are getting paid, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, the guys that are getting selected in the first round, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, are the guys that transcend the running back position. You listen to Brad Holmes, the GM of, of the Detroit Lions, break down the selection of Jameer Gibbs. They view him as an offensive weapon. Not only what he can do out of the backfield, but they feel comfortable lining up him in the slot. They love his ability in the return game. You have to do so much more 
to prove your value at the running back position. That being said, if I was a top five running back in the country in this era of NIL, I would do everything to maximize my leverage and my shelf life in college to get the highest dollar amount possible. Because I don't know how much is going to be available for me at the next level, especially if I'm not one of those names that I just mentioned. So the only way that you're going to break that glass ceiling is one, you got to have a good stroke of luck. I mean, Saquon got banged up, right? That which which makes this even more difficult. And he still Saquon, finished top five in rushing last Saquon year. Saquon missed Saquon with him, obviously missed uh two seasons, missed a substantial amount of games. So it's not just been a, a one time thing. I mean, he's had some injury history as a giant. And I'll say this, Drew, from a monetary standpoint, at least what I heard about the numbers being thrown around with some of the top backs last year, and I'm talking about out of high school, those numbers seem to be a little bit inflated. But it's not only like there's a little bit of necessity and need that comes into place, and then knowing the market value as well and what else is out there. So it, if I'm one of those guys, if I'm a truly transcendent talent at that position coming out of high school, I'm asking for it all. That that would be my position, and I think that's a smart play. And I don't I don't think that's overly aggressive. I think you have to know the market value, and I think you have to know your long term value as well. Because the time you turn 26, 27, you're really seen as obsolete unless you're an outlier in the NFL. It's an interesting take with the the NIL component, um, and I would agree with that. I mean, I I think if you are let's say not a top five running back, right? But you are 10 through 20 in the rankings or, or five through 20, excuse me. I, I'd be trying to go somewhere where they embrace that by committee type of approach. And we're seeing that at the highest level of college footballs. I mean, it's so rare for a guy just to be a straight up uh, featured workhorse. I mean, yes, there are some of them. They are like you would say outliers, but um uh, mentioned Penn State a few minutes ago. I mean, Nick Singleton, 156 carries last year. Katron Allen, I think he was like 148 or something like that. So I would be trying to limit my wear and tear, keep the mileage low, um, and, and, and hope to parlay that. I, I also think the big thing is if you're running back, you, you have to show you can play all three downs. You know, you got to be able to pass protect catch the ball out of the backfield. That's that's where the, the Sunday game is at. So having that skill set's important. And I, the other thing I want to point out too is, yeah, like the NFL is is devaluing the running back position. And I think you almost kind of see it a little on the collegiate side, right? I always bring this up, pro football focus, you know, out of their top 10 graded freshmen in 2022. So true freshmen, top 10 guys that graded the best for the season. Six of those guys were running backs. Like, I think it's easy for running backs to come in and play. And I think on the on the NFL side, we're seeing that. Isaiah Pacheco with the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, day three pick, plays a big role in, in the Super Bowl run. I, I think just so so many roster constructors have have realized, you know, you don't you don't need that that big guy. I mean, you can kind of find someone and, and make it work. Well, I think it comes down to in the NFL, right? Would you rather spend the money on building an offensive line that can make an average running back look better, or would you rather spend the money on a running back and have less to spend on the offensive line and hope that that great running back can make the offensive line look better? And look, I, I think it's a shame that the NFL is devaluing the running back position and the money that they're giving running backs. Again, I do think the Giants did the right thing not paying Saquon because of his history. As much as I love Saquon, as much as he's done for the Giants, uh, again, you mentioned it. You can get a guy like Isaiah Pacheco late in the draft, and they can make an impact if you have the offensive line and the offensive scheme to allow them to be successful. Well, I haven't seen anyone talk about, I mean, the Seahawks last year. Kenneth Walker, was he a second rounder or a first rounder? He was, I don't even think a second rounder. I think he was later in the draft. I think he was day two, right? Has a good rookie season. And what did the Seahawks go and do again next year? Uh, Zach Charbonnet, uh, day two pick. So uh, there's a theory, a working theory that 
the league will eventually shift back. There's always ebbs and flows of, of philosophy, right? Everyone wants to spread you out right now. All it takes is one team to find success with a power run game, and it's going to shift back to everyone wanting those big backs. So, But it, at, at some point, it becomes a declining asset. For sure. And that and and that's the reality. I'm with you. I I don't think it's the NFL being shrewd when it comes to negotiating with running backs. I think that's just the reality of how he organizations said, and front offices view the position. He said, "Pay for an O line. Everyone wants to pay for a quarterback." Yeah, pay for a quarterback, obviously too. And you know, in a cap in a salary cap league, you you need the money. You need the money to make sure uh, that you have one. To pay, or you know, if if you need to give a quarterback a second contract, you need a Make sure you have the money to do so. And, and you're right. Kenneth Walker was a second-round pick. He was picked 41st uh, by the Seahawks. But you said it right after they took him in the second round, and he had a very good rookie season. They went and, dra and drafted Zach Charbonnet. So just showing that you know you could be a great rookie and even Kenneth Walker on his rookie deal, but there's always going to be that next running back behind you. So it's, it's really interesting to see where the NFL is going, obviously, as it kind of morphs into a passing league. All right, good talk, good conversation by – Good question, I should say, by CG Wildcat. Let's move on to our next one. And this one I find to be one of the more interesting recruitments of the cycle. Uh, it involves number one running back Taylor Tatum. The big battle, Lincoln Riley, Brent Venables, Oklahoma, USC. They seem to be the two uh, per, uh, two top, the top two for him. Excuse me. Uh, so the question is from Ali K. Is it more important for USC or Oklahoma? to land Taylor Tatum, not necessarily fit, but which school is it more important for to ultimately land the nation's number one running back? I went back and forth on this one, Andrew. Same. I really, I really kind of struggle with this one because I think they both need them. And the other thing that I think about is both programs are going to new conferences. Well, that that's initially, I was like, all right, I think USC going to the big 10. And then it's like, wait, you know, Oklahoma's going to the sec. So I struggled. Yeah, you go back and forth a little bit. Oklahoma was 10th in the country last year in rushing. USC was 53rd, but USC averaged over five yards per carry. Oklahoma was below that. So there was a higher quantity, higher volume of rushing attempts by Oklahoma. And USC was actually a more efficient running team. The other part of this that I kind of factored in is what do they have in the room already? Same. And USC, I, I'm a big fan of what they have. Quentin Joyner and Marion Peterson, those two young guns. You look at Oklahoma, Gavin Sawchuk, right? Javante Barnes, they're not in a bad spot either. To me, I I would lean USC because you take Caleb Williams out, out of the equation and then it's going to fall on Miller Moss it's going to fall on Malachi Nelson and no disrespect to those two guys as talented as USC is going to be on the perimeter they're not Caleb Williams and I think you are going to have to have a bell cow and we just talked about committee and I love Quentin Joyner and I really like a Marion Peterson but you're going to have to have that guy when you're playing in Columbus or you're playing in Ann Arbor or you're playing in at, at Iowa in November and you're in a different environment and you're playing a short yardage game to put these these big physical front sevens away USC or USC is going to have to play that that brand of football and I think Taylor Tatum is a bigger physical back with three down capability that can do everything and I can't believe that I'm going to say this I mean he's built for the big, he's built for the Big Ten he's built for the SEC he could play it either one for me and then the other part about this I'm going to play devil's advocate maybe I'm stealing your thunder here well I've been I've been shaking my head in agreement for you know he's Ron a Parker. he's a perfect compliment to Jackson Arnold yeah in the okay. RPO okay that's so, the last thing I'll say <laughs> you know both programs took two running backs last cycle and I think that leaks into the previous question right you know how is this translating to recruiting it's it seems like no one just takes one running back anymore right you you want different guys with different skill sets you mentioned mark fletcher in, in miami i mean they got a whole array of of different you know ball carriers and then we always talk about the big three in florida the same thing at, at, at fsu and then the same thing there 
at the University of, of Florida. So both Oklahoma and USC took running backs last cycle. Both of them had five-star quarterbacks. Uh, I think you outlined it perfectly. You know, maybe maybe USC a little bit more, but I'm going to go with Oklahoma, right? Number 22 in the rankings right now. Um, they've been quietly working their way up the board. Got what Zion Reagan's top two four seven wide receiver out of Georgia yesterday. He's a a, a certified burner. Um, I, I just think for them, I like USC's too. They took more last cycle. Quentin Joyner, Marion Peterson, like you said. So to me, Oklahoma would gain more. I think it would give Venables a, a monster win as he gets into this 2023 season, which seems to be very important given how things went in 2022. So I would say Oklahoma just for the fact of recruiting win. Um, and that's what it boiled down to me for. I, I, I mean, I, I went back and forth. It's a very difficult question, but a, a great question. Great question. I love Does, that one. It, it's such a simple one that you you don't think that you have to think about it as much as you as much uh, as we, we yeah. had to, and then you get into it and you're like, oh. well, let me let me throw this to you guys. Does is it more important for Oklahoma, or is one of the reasons it's more important for Oklahoma because it would be beating out Lincoln Riley? Like, does that still matter now that we're? I, I didn't even think about that. Two years away, two years past. Like, does that matter that it's beating out Lincoln Riley? It's beating out USC, the guy who you know, the guy who left them. Does does that matter still? So like sting, I, sting I, factor. I think it matters because the two running backs that we're talking about are both from Texas, Joiner and Marion Peterson. So if, if you had another one, a third consecutive running back in two years from the state of Texas, that end up going to have success in California at USC. Last thing you want to do was kind of open that open that door for Lincoln Riley into Texas. So, I, yes, I, I do think when it comes to the battle of geography a little bit, it, it not so much the Lincoln Riley, Brent Venables dynamic, but in terms of shutting down a pipeline, absolutely. I think it, get, it makes it easier to get support from the people that are financing your program. You can push the optics of, hey, we just – went head to head with that guy and we won, you know, look what we can do if we have what we need. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24 seven sports football recruiting podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, led headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Remember, if you want your questions answered, make sure to leave a five-star rating and a review. Or when you see that tweet out the day before, make sure to comment below the tweet on the 24-7 Sports Twitter. Our next question is from Ben Gottlieb. 
Is there a Michigan commit that isn't talked about much, but that you guys are really high on? That's a good one. Always nice to see some under the radar recruits. This is, um, I mean, he's formerly the top two four seven. I I will admit this. I mean, you you know, like preparation typically happens the night before, the morning of for the podcast. So, you know, there would have been a lot of a lot of tape that um, I would have had to pour over to to get a feel for the guys outside of the top two four seven or who are not in my area committed to to Michigan. The guy that I like is Channing Goodwin. You know, at Providence Day with Jaden Davis, who's obviously committed to Michigan as well. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Ronnie Bell. And Ronnie Bell wasn't the wasn't the sexiest guy coming out of Missouri, but he's an 11-2-4 guy. He's got a, a, a three-sport background. He's strong at the catch point. I see him more as a safety blanket, and he's deceptive run-after-catch receiver. I like him. I think he's savvy. Michigan has this type at the receiver position. These guys are kind of interchangeable, but they're they're more built for the short to intermediate passing game that Michigan has kind of hung their hat on. This kid's big. He's physical. I like the way he plays the game. He's got a really, really good temperament and a really good understanding of the position. There's nothing about him physically that wows you. He's just a really good football player and a high floor guy that I think can get on the field early. So I, I would go with Shannon Goodwin. Well, mine's inside the top two, four, seven. I, I mean, that wasn't prefaced. <laughs> but I love Hogan Hansen, the tight end commit out of Washington, right? I think we talk about this tight end class here in, in 2024 at length all the time. Our, our guy Luke Reynolds headed to Penn State. Carter Nelson headed to uh, Nebraska. Landon Thomas. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. And Hogan Hansen's number 10 tight end for us right now. I think he's 102 nationally. But I don't think in any airwaves or on camera, like we've highlighted this guy. And I, I remember when we were going through in our last rankings update, Coop, you brought you 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 brought up the fact that that you're a fan of him and Hogan Hansen over 6'6, 221 pounds, 80-inch wingspan, 4'5 shuttle. Plays in a run-heavy offense. I don't know if how accurate these stats are, but if you watch the highlights, they kind of add up. Only had nine catches in, in 2022, but I think eight of those went for touchdowns. Uh, he is a traditional in-line type of tight end. Plays both ways, can get after the quarterback, is nasty when it comes to blocking and, and just getting his face mask in there. So for me, Hogan Hansen, like, I know he's ranked inside the top two, four, seven, but I think he is one of the gems of the Wolverines recruiting class. Like I, I, I don't think he has been discussed enough. He hasn't been really mentioned in the conversation with that elite group of tight ends, but I can see him going to Ann Arbor, getting developed in that strength program. And then you look up in, in three or four years, and this is an all Big Ten type of talent, right? I think the the clay is there to be molded. So Hogan Hansen was one that I had highlighted. It was uh, it was Colston Loveland a couple years ago from Idaho, right? Same yeah. type of deal in terms of, you know, you're going up to the P&W, that part of the country. There's not a lot of verifieds. The other part about that Bellevue High School is traditionally, I would have to go back and, and look at the tape, but when I was at Washington, it's uh, traditionally an under-center Veer yeah. triple option offense. Really, so. really wide splits. Like there's some blocking where he is. <laughs> right. Like I don't. If he reaches his hand out, I don't know if, if he's going to touch the O lineman. He's a good player. I like him a lot, and I I like uh, Brady Prescorn, who they're bringing in alongside of him. I kind of give Hanson the the nod there. They know who they are at the tight end position. They have such a good feel, and. I want to say Grant Newsom, tight ends coach, after Sharon Moore moved over. Grant Newsom was a player at the time when I was at Michigan in 2017. I think I brought him up before, but you talk about a guy that could really do anything with his life and his career, incredibly bright, incredibly genuine, mature beyond his years. He's doing a great job as tight ends coach. Harbaugh, wise enough to be able to give him opportunity uh, early on in his career so i love the i love the hogan hansen one that was i th i thought about pulling the trigger on him but uh he's going to be a heck of a player 
And then I got one more who is outside the top 247, uh, Devin Baxter out of Maryland. Saw him at the Under Armour Future 50 camp. I mean, he is raw, not really sure what he's doing as an edge player, but you look at the dimensions. I mean, someone has him with a 36 inch arm measurement. I, you know, who knows if that's, that's accurate, uh, but it's long. Um, got it, plays basketball, plays some tight end as well. He, he just needs to be coached up. And I think he's only 230 pounds. I mean, he's a guy that is probably a few years away, but those are, those are the scary ones in Michigan, right? Those, those front seven defenders that can be nurtured and, take to coaching and, and not forced on the field. So he's another guy I wanted to highlight. Good question from Ben. Uh, I'm going to assume Ben's either a Michigan fan or goes to the University of Michigan, which is why he's interested. But a good question. Always nice to talk about some guys uh, that, you know, aren't in the or aren't near the top of the rankings. Uh, but, you know, good to show them some love. All right. Our last question of the day from P. Tang. He asked, who are the Peter Woods, Jaden Greathouse, Ruben Bain type players in this cycle? And what he means by that is players with top production, high motor guys that will deliver on Saturdays, but that maybe don't have the measurables of day one NFL draft picks. Tell me you're a fan of the show without telling me you're a fan of the show. I mean, what a question right here. This was, this one kind of warmed my heart. Even had the examples of Peter Woods and Jaden Greathouse. Drew, I had, I had a few names here, and one of them we discussed recently. I don't think he fits this category to a T, but first one highest ranked that I thought maybe could was kind of JoJo Trader. You know, we don't have a, a, a ton of verified information on him. He's a two-way guy. I see him more high floor than high ceiling. I still see him definitely early day two, mid to early day two. He's a heck of a player. The other guys for me, Miles Graham going to Florida. Super productive, two-way, position versatile. I don't think he's got a ton of physical upside, but I think he's going to be a heck of a player at the next level. DeAndre Carter from modern day. Bad body. Heck of a football player. I think everybody in the country would be delighted to have DeAndre Carter on their team. Bradley Shaw. I think from an FBI standpoint, football intelligence instincts is off the charts. And I don't know much how higher he can go up the board, but I, I love him. Elijah Brown, I think, fits this category to a T, right? And then Garrett Stover going to Ohio State. I think that guy is just going to be super, super productive at the next level. But those those are those are mine. I think that's six of them there. Um, to me, like Miles Graham and – DeAndre Carter, the two that kind of fit that bucket the best. And I like love Miles Graham on tape. Two way guy. On tape. Two way guy playing running back. Son of UF le legend EG Ernest Graham. He would be the guy out of all the guys that I named. Once you bring into the genetics, like you just did into the conversation, and obviously been around the game for a long time, two way production. It wouldn't surprise me if he like outperformed the bucket that we just I just put him in. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we still got him as a top sixty-four, right? I mean, that's the thing. Just because you're a round two guy doesn't mean you're not a really good football player. I didn't come up with as, as many names as you did. How how did you come up with so many? That was uh, that was impressive. Um. But I did, I did have to kind of jump out to me in, in terms of, all right, like maybe guys that I, are, I'm confident will be productive on Saturdays. I just don't know, you know, what it's going to look like. And, and Coop, I'm, I, you probably don't even know this kid's name. Uh, Sincere Edwards out of the Orlando area. He is a interior defensive lineman, was committed to UCF. Backed off. I think the crystal ball is favoring Pittsburgh. Penn State's also in there. I think Maryland's in there. Uh, but to me, he has the chance to be 
like one of those guys that that slips out of the state and you're like, wait, all right, now this guy's getting drafted. How, how did that happen? And if he goes to Pitt with with Charlie Partridge there, I mean, he's going to be developed. And the only measurements we have on him, 6'1", 243, with a 74-inch wingspan. It's a bit dated, but he sawed off. And you turn on the tape and 30 varsity games, 230 tackles, 34 sacks, 46 of those tackles, four loss. So I don't know, if maybe not the high profile guys that we were talking about or, or you were mentioning, you know, inside the top two, four, seven. But I think this is someone that clearly has been to a bunch of places, camped a bunch of places and has been eliminated and ruled out by a lot of staffs because, hey, he doesn't have the length. And I think it just takes one school like Pittsburgh to take a chance on him. And I, I think he could be really productive. That that was kind of the the one I had circled. If you're Pittsburgh, I mean, why not, right? That that type of mentality has been so good to you. And good to, to Charlie Partridge. Kalijah Cansey, first round pick. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, they've he he's done so much. You had him on the show, didn't you, Drew? Yep. Yep. He was on the show. We were discussing things like that um just his philosophy and i think charlie partridge would could have been in, in in the first question in terms of like recruiters and you know going and getting guys and he just doesn't think pitt is on the level yet where they can go and battle for some of the blue chippers so you know he's always out there evaluating recruiting guys in his territory and in region and hasn't expanded that that national footprint just yet. I'm, I'm I'm scrolling through some other other position groups to think of other guys. Um, was there anyone else you had? That was. I, I mean, I, I'm sure I could go through and and find some. Um, I just I, I love Bradley Shaw. I think Bradley Shaw is going to be a heck heck of a football player at the next level. Oh, those those were kind of my guys. You know what's good is that you can go through the top 100 and maybe only pick out five or six of them. I think that's kind of by by design. That is, well, of course it's by design. You know, you don't want too many ceiling and floor game, right? That's what we play. We're always playing. But well, how about how about uh, Elijah Lofton, the Miami tight end commit? I think that's a great one. There's a, um, you know, Brevin Jordan, right? That That got tossed in there in terms of like the player comp and, I like him as a H back. He is a big physical. I got to be careful using this term, but you know he's he's not a traditional Y inline tight end, but he has that capability, right? He's a little bit of a tweener in terms of the frame. I think you can do a lot of different things with him, and I think his utility is really up to Shannon Dawson. I mean, he worked out this off season at running back at Bishop Gorman's pro day. And I'll say this, he was certainly not a fish out of water. I think you can use him short yardage. I think you can use him out of the backfield. I think you can use him in line. I like his ability flexed out. He's a nice little weapon. Miami has like a nice little niche there with these kind of undersized H-back tight ends that have very well-rounded skill sets. Elijah Arroyo was another guy. All right, I got I got two more. Okay. Two receivers. Elijah Moore. Headed to Florida State. We've talked about him over 6'4, pushing 6'5, 50 50 ball winner on the outside. I, I think he can go have success in Tallahassee, but ultimately, you know, does he have the foot speed for Sundays? I think he's one. And then Chance Wiggins, who's he headed to Virginia Tech, have had a ton of exposure to him live at, at different camps, seven on sevens. Like, I think he could be a very, very productive player for the Hokies but same thing with him is he ever going to be a 4445 guy probably more 47 more 48 and then the other the other thing that, that jumped to mind is and Tulane's probably going to get really pissed about this but dude if you go through Tulane's commit list they have a bunch of dudes that have traits but maybe they're just missing kind of one thing right not the tallest guy um I, You're I like airing their, our boy out, dude. <laughs> I know they're going to be pissed. We'll see what's got it going right now, man. Uh, we'll see what 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 they can hold on to. 
I've, I've had uh, a few friends back home in New Orleans who are not happy with me with the Willie Fritz to Northwestern suggestion. Well, they're, they're just going to pour it on now. Tulane Ole Miss week two. Are you going? Should we make an Oyster Boys trip out of it? Oh, I, I'm in. That would be a weekend. Bring the pod. Go mobile. Like Josh Pate brought late kick there last year, right? For the Central Florida game, I think he did. I was like, if you need a producer, <laughs> bring you in. If you need someone to iron that white shirt, I'm, I'm right there. <laughs> that super small shirt. The Schmidian. <laughs> I'll be the guy. <laughs> I'll run. I'll run to the gas station and get you some muscle milk. Don't worry. We've seen that done before, oh, uh, multiple story, times. Story for a different time, though. Good that's question. What we, I think that's what we got, Lance. Yeah, it was a good question by P. Tang. I think of the. I think this is the third mailbag we've done. I think this They're is probably better the, better. the best group of questions so far. Can't wait to see what the next mailbag mailbag brings. Remember, if you want your question to be answered, make sure to leave a five star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And when you see that tweet at twenty four seven Sports, make sure to comment below, and we will try our best to get to your question so that we can hopefully give you the answer that you want to hear. Cooper, I'll swing it back to you. I was about to say, Lance, we need a little bit more juice out of you, man. A little bit more juice? I a gave little a lot bit of more juice. juice. You know so what? Take, I, take I, us out of here. Sign off for us. You know what? You know some what juice. I, I, I woke up late today, and then when I saw Ivan's text, I was like, can we go 10 minutes later than we usually start recording? I was like, sweet. So I stayed in bed an extra 10 minutes. Um so I'm a little, you know, like no morning workout this morning. No morning workout. I went to the gym twice yesterday, uh, Monday and Tuesday, and then I did yoga Monday and Tuesday at night. I'm doing yoga today later, so it's a lot of yoga for me. All right, hot yoga for anyone that's interested in listening. So it's it's not just like you know in a cool room. It's like in a you know almost hundred degree room. So I'm I'm a little exhausted, but uh you know I'm I'm getting a haircut later. I got yoga later. Um, so no gym, but I'll be back at the gym tomorrow, Friday. Et cetera, et cetera. Hopefully, Pro- off one day this week. But uh, Produ- productive day. I'll take us out of here though, since you're since you're limping a little bit. That's all right. Thanks, dude. I'm playing through an injury too. I'm on the injury list. I got a yeah. What's bothering you? Uh, I got a um. What do you call it? Something with my abdomen, um, dude. I'm just getting old. I'm 31. Went to the golf range. Pulled a muscle. Did you do an ab workout? I'm not like Drew. Not hitting it early in the morning. Did you not stay stretch? Flexible, Sometimes when I don't stretch. I don't stretch, Coach. I've never stretched. Oh, man. Sometimes when I do it. that, like you gotta not who I am. I don't stretch. I like I'll I'll you know I'll feel it the next day. All right, let's get out of here. Second consecutive show. We just had five minutes of <laughs> conversation that can exist outside of the podcast. Guys, we appreciate you listening as always. For Andrew Ivins, our 24-7 sports director of scouting for producer Lance Glenn. I'm Cooper Stagna. We'll see you tomorrow. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.